Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. And welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. His I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Tavares Pennington. What's up, homie? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, you know, it's going good. It's going good. It's been a couple weeks, and we're here to we're here to finish up our 2021 in review pop culture stuffs. Yes, indeed. We got July through December. We know it's a little late. It's a, it's like a week and a half into 2020. Hey, we all still hey. live 2021. Here's the thing. Yeah. Fuck, fuck your life. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. We didn't, we didn't get around to it. We're gonna get around to it. You, you know, know we're, we're defying what is the fundamental problem with New Year's culture, which is you forget about that shit less than a few weeks after. Like you're like, I'm gonna do all this in the New Year. I'm gonna, and people consistently don't because they just like, you know what? Fuck, we should be talking about 2021 in March. Fuck all y'all. Right. Except we I, need, I, I love we need to learn from history. It. We need to learn from it. We do. We do. Because clearly we don't. Oh, oh no. More on that in patreon.com slash Coro Bloom. Uh, but we've got uh, we got July through December lined up here. And if you were here for our part one where we covered January through June, you know, we uh, we kind of broke it up month by month. Uh, and in each month we talk about what movies came out that we watched, what music came out that we listened to, and what TV shows we might have given viewings. Uh, and I'm I'm very excited because... Uh, the back half of this year for me is like infinitely better than the first half of the year. Oh yeah. It was the, it was the big recovery uh, quarter, multiple quarters. There's two quarters in a couple time. quarters, a yeah. couple quarters. It was, it was, it was, it was a bounce back, you know, something that I think people really needed though. Like it, it, it was nice. It was very nice. It was really nice. And I, and I'm not going to lie, July straight off rip was one of the most, was one of the funnest months of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it was uh, like, critically like the best mm-hmm. but there there's some fun ass movies that came out in july you ready to jump right in oh yeah all right so i'm gonna go with my movie viewings we got space jam new legacy with lebron james uh which i i i mean like it was dumb as fuck stupid as hell but i loved every second of it because i'm watching space jam space i don't need, jam. i don't need critical masterpiece i'm watching lebron james act okay yeah. It's it's it had the same effect that um having watching Michael Jordan in a movie had. Right, right, and I mean like Don Cheadle is like an AI villain. That's fucking dope. I mean like all the the whole like Ready Player One ass effect of having all of their properties all show up inside inside the Space Jam. Like that's just cool. Here's the real question: Is Don Cheadle better as a um antagonist or protagonist? I oh, for my money. Uh huh. Protagonist ten times out of ten. Wow, I go antagonist. I I don't like him in uh in the these later like I I just I don't like him as a war machine. Like I, I don't know what it is. I was I was just watching Civil War the other night, um Captain America Civil War, and I was like, yeah, 
you know, I really feel like Terrence Howard was the guy. <laughs> you feel like you? <laughs> yes, I think Terrence Howard needs to be in the MCU. Tony, Tony, <laughs> main. But Not. like. Yeah, but like, what what antagonist roles do you feel like Don Cheadle is well, shined in? Not not even antagonist necessarily, but like, not a good person. I'm thinking particularly of the Oceans movies. Um, okay, okay. He does he does play a good like slime ball, like like kind yeah. of a piece of shit, like in yeah. Black Monday and shit. He does. Uh-huh. That's that's true. I can get with that for sure. Yeah. Um, but like specifically, like the only time I can think of him playing an antagonist is this is Space Jam, and frankly, yeah. it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> um, it wasn't. It wasn't like he. I, he had like. A, See, but a pretty... that was the point. He was. He knew. He understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it was supposed to be wild as fuck and dumb and stupid, and I fucking loved that. But yeah. like, <laughs> straight up, wasn't great. Uh, I must agree. but uh. It, it it was definitely a it was definitely a fun movie. Um, and as I'm looking at the rest of the movies I have for July, it, I think it does take the bottom of the list. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, ne- next movie I got in July's was a Netflix original, Gunpowder Milkshake. Huh? How was that? I, I didn't hear about that. It's it was pretty solid. Uh, it's got Karen Gillian as the lead, who is uh who plays Nebula in the Marvel in the Marvel universe. Uh, in the Guardians movies, okay. and I it, it I watched a little bit more Karen Gillian stuff this year. Mm-hmm. There's a real there's a reason she does really good in playing the melodramatic robotic chick. Uh, it's because she sounds like a melodramatic robotic person, and it doesn't really play when she's not playing a, a cyborg of some sort. Like yeah. Um, she, like, and I think, like, I don't want to, like, completely discredit her, because she does, she does do pretty good in Gunpowder Milkshake, and I think to, uh, like, Jumanji, she's fun as fuck in those movies. Yeah. Um, but, like, she, she's not, she's not really expressive with her voice, like, hardly ever. Like, very monotone to me. Interesting. I, I, I just Googled her, and I, not, not what I expected her to look like. But yeah, Nebula really like they they do some prosthetic makeup for that. But also, though, she looks like she would have a somewhat expressive voice. I don't know. She seems right. Like seems comes off as a happy person. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she's happy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't know her or anything. I mean, she she, she does her, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah. no, it was it was a really entertaining movie though. This it it also had just like a really stacked class uh, or class cast. Uh, it had Lena Headey, who was uh, Cersei oh, Lannister. Cersei, yeah. Uh, it had Michelle Yeoh, who was in Shang Chi. Um, Paul Giamatti was in it. Uh, Angela Bassett. It was like uh, it was like a stacked cast, and that's what okay. drew me in. Um, and you know, like it's definitely worth the watch. I'd say, like it's like it's entertaining enough, and it's definitely like a, like like if you're like women power, female the future is female. You'll fucking like gunpowder milkshake. Um, there you go. This kind of gives uh, me looking at the the cover for it, uh, knowing nothing about the plot. Does it? Is it almost kind of like Umbrella Academy? It does carry that vibe. Like, like there is definitely like a fantasticalness to it. That's kind of like, 
it is more grounded in reality than the Umbrella Academy, like tenfold. But mm-hmm. it does have this fantasticalness to it in the imagery and in the like. It also it it blends the Umbrella Academy with like a Kingsman. Mm. Uh, is like the best thing I can compare it to, and like in terms of like a secret society sort of vibe to it. Yeah, uh, I really really enjoyed Gunpowder Milkshake, and uh, and, and I mean like. It's it's probably it's probably one of the better ones from this month as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. It sounds like a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, there's also the. Did you watch the Snake Eyes movie? I did not. I've never okay. been a big GI Joe movie guy. Re- I I was when I was younger. Just I mean I don't know. My mom just always took us to watch GI Joe for some reason. I think she thought that's what we liked, and I mean. I, Okay, but um, GI Joe. Cool uh, have you seen Have you seen the other the other ones? Well, uh, like I I think I have, but I like I just didn't care about GI Joe. Right, and so and the movies, I, I mean, like it was like ten years ago if right. I saw them. You know what I'm saying? The movies don't don't help with that at all. Um, really. <laughs> They yeah, and like I remember when I was care. younger, I went through a little like I went through like a little thing where I thought Snake Eyes was like a really fucking cool character. Uh-huh. Um, that, and that's why, you know, they get the he gets the first spin-off, I guess. Uh yeah, and that right. was with Henry Golding from um um why can't I think of the movie? The uh, like the Mortal Kombat. Comedy. Oh. Oh, I haven't seen Mortal Kombat. Um you know, uh the the Asian guy, the British Asian guy that everybody loves. Oh, and uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. Um, so he plays Snake Eyes, and uh, it, it's a bit awkward because everybody knows who the uh, historically who the uh, fighter for Snake Eyes was because you know obviously his face was never revealed throughout the show, and it's a I can't remember his name, but it's like a like world worldwide known martial artist. Um, yeah. And so yeah, they just kind of put Henry Golding in there instead in, in this one and I, I i remember watching it and being like i feel like none of this uh matters and you know a week after watching it i was like what happened in the snake eyes movie and i would have to constantly remind myself that i had even seen it so <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> i but feel you no I've, it, I've seen plenty of those this year it starts out all right and then it just kind of the, the plot doesn't really feel like it's resolving anything that should matter to you, if that makes sense. No, I feel I there there are definitely plenty of movies like that, you know, and uh, yeah. I'd say I'm more often than not. That's that's what happens, you know, I mean, uh-huh. uh, really good movies are kind of rare, actually, compared yeah. to uh, yeah. your Did your we... snake eyes, your gunpowder milkshakes, your space jams. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did we mention uh, Black Widow yet? No, I was about to. That was my oh, next okay. one. Uh, um, well, briefly before we get there, actually, this just because this came out earlier, The Forever Purge. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, that, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I watched okay. all the other Purge movies I, before. I right? haven't seen it either. I rented it. This is just the briefest. I rented it, and uh, I, I didn't end up watching it, and one of my friends' house that I left it, I ended up taking it back, and... Um, they watched it, said it was fucking awful. So I never watched it, but that's <laughs> that's the review of the Forever Purge, which is also why I didn't even know it came out until I just randomly went to a red box and was like, "What the fuck? There's a new Purge movie?" Nah, that like the Purge franchise, it was a good idea. Like mm-hmm. 
it was a good idea. And frankly, there are a couple good purge movies. Um mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't have anticipated beyond the first one. You know, like, I, I, as soon as there was a second Purge, and it was like, yeah, we're going to make this a franchise, I was like, well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's paid off a couple times, you the know, first, and they the have, first... like, a whole, yeah, they have, like, the, a whole show now, too. Uh, there's a show? Oh, there's a there Purge a show. show, yeah. There is a show. I, ha- I think I've heard better things about that. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I haven't watched it, but, uh... There are a couple good Purge movies, but no, I haven't. I haven't watched Forever Purge. Yeah, I mean, you probably just shouldn't. Well, I mean, like the, I, the very idea. I know, like it's just like this is excessive, this right? Completely, we agree. Yeah, it completely <laughs> defeats the purpose of everything the other movies were about. Like literally, like yeah. So anytime we've ever been like, yeah, we won. Yeah, that shit gone for real, for gone. real. Now it's just gone. going forever. Now yep. anyone can kill anyone, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Literally. Um, but, uh, I do have a, I do have a couple more before Black Widow that okay. I did watch. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. That came out in this. Oh shit! In in uh in July, yes, I really fucking loved that, and I still listen to songs from it. Uh, <laughs> I. I just really fuck with Bo Burnham and I have for yeah. have for several years. So seeing this really introspective and vulnerable performance he was putting on, as he usually does, uh, was really cool. And it's caught yeah. it's caught a lot of shit. Um which like Of of what sort? Like it's kinda like it, it, it there are moments where it feels like kind of uh holier than thou according to a lot of people. Yeah. Like I mean, and Bo Burnham, I have no doubt, has one of the most confusing personalities I've ever seen in terms of, like, his self-depreciative hating himself and his absolutely absurd ego. So, like, uh, <laughs> like there's a really interesting balance there, yeah. uh, at least at least from what you see on screen. I, I, I don't know fucking – I don't know Bo yeah. Burnham or anything, but, like, he seems pretty pretty honest on stage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was interesting, and I, I think another one of like critiques people had was that like this was down the middle for him. Like it wasn't it wasn't elevating his creativity in any way. He uh, he's done better things like Make Happy and what are arguably like better specials. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like I I do I I do hear that out because it is much more impressive to watch him perform the songs and yeah. perform the comedy it instead is. of it. it when I'm when I watch it when I watched it even the first time because I, I'll I'll explain my my two experiences viewing it but um even the first time I was like the I the directorial credit is almost more significant here than the uh, actual content of the I of agree. the comedy special it, it really like it you fuck with Bo Burnham's inside for the reason you you like respect russ's discography mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. you really did it all mm-hmm. good for you that's yep. dope <laughs> like uh and that like that's that's really that's really really fucking yeah. cool and like uh and it is it is interesting because like he he does put on some really basic songs like they are like facetime with my mom that sounds like a drake song like <laughs> i'm a facetime with my mom tonight like that's it. That, that, he he just made a lot of songs that sound like pop, like 
R&B and pop shit like that happens now. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it, it helped them masquerade as a real musical. Like, I mean, because, so, Bo, Bo Burnham, does he actually make music? I mean, like, he's he's never released anything beyond the comedy shit he's done. Okay. Because uh, I know that I've been refer like, people have told me, like, to, like, um, listen, like, listen to Bo Burnham, like, in the past, like, way before he came out with this. Um, gotcha. And so I was always confused as if, as because I don't think I ever did, and I was just kind of confused as to if he was, like, a just a comedy artist or a musician, too. Like, Well, I'm not, I, like, I... As far as I know, it's just his comedy shit that mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, but that's kind of like the way that he got famous was musical comedy, like online and like a uh, uh, like kind of in a little dicky vein, inter- mm-hmm. but like singing and playing instruments, not rapping. Yeah. Um, and see, the, the thing about it is I, f- I find little dicky far more. Um hilarious if that makes sense like sure but bro burnham is creative and funny and in terms of comedy doing way more than little dicky ever will but little dicky just like is more conventional about his comedy i think in a lot of ways yeah no there's you're absolutely right like little dicky is going to be funnier to more people yeah and i think bo burnham will be funnier to a smaller amount of people. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. or in in certain so uh, uh, my two experiences watching the Bo Burnham specials the first time I think I watched it with you and it I I I did enjoy it. It was it was really something really interesting to watch, but I didn't find it hilarious at all. Like I didn't really oh, find it It's not funny. funny. Yeah. I didn't find it funny it's at sad, all. Sad actually. It, it yeah, it is it's it's kind of sad. But then the second time I watched it, I was extremely high, and I laughed my ass off. It was the funniest thing I had ever seen, and I just did not expect that experience. Because my girlfriend was like, oh, I want to watch this with you. And I'm like, I've seen it, but I guess so. Like, And I, that was the thing. I don't know what, what it was about. The exact same thing happened to Emily. Hmm. We uh we watched it the first time and like I have I've liked Bo Burnham for like eight years now yeah. like I've, I've since like I can't remember if Make Happy or what was first I get it mixed up but uh whatever one was in like 2014 or some shit like that I remember watching that and like being like oh shit yeah this is funny and then like uh after I watched Bo Burnham's Inside I go back to watch it and I'm like oh yeah I thought that was funny. Because I was fourteen, <laughs> um, yeah. and I mean, like, it is it is still funny because, like, there there's something weird about his comedy where it's like it is the thing he's saying sometimes, but it's more about what else he's doing and the circumstances in which he said the thing he said, like the performance, the performance of it, the uh, uh-huh. the sequencing of it, the yeah. like a. Uh, there's a there's a the subtext is funnier than the actual text like yes and it, I, he does that and that's a that's a hard thing to do like you have to be very thoughtful about what you about the way that you are um embodying yourself to make that funny to like make right. doing seemingly absurd shit like 
not and, and like you know of course you, you Bo Burnham could upload videos to YouTube of this shit and somebody fucking watch it somebody find it funny for sure Always. but there's a higher there's a higher bar when um you you are also just a comedian like you you're trying to be a comedian right right yeah i mean all in all bo burnham's inside was ultimately one of my uh like in terms of looking back on 2021 and what will kind of like define the year that's a top yeah. 5 thing for me okay. um bo burnham's inside uh, yeah and what's crazy is like the fact that that came out in july blows my fucking mind i know um, i was like holy shit <laughs> and like i hope i didn't get that completely and utterly wrong and if i if i did my bad but uh i don't think i did get what Here, let's check imdb okay this says may which makes more sense to me i don't know why i had it in july but it was it was going to be talked about regardless um yeah But yeah, I really, really liked it. Yeah. Um. So Black Widow also came out in July. Fuck yeah, I did. And Black... uh, that should slap. I like Black Widow. I just recently watched it for the first time, actually, and I thought it was um a really it w- it was a good way to um add to the lore of of Scarlett Johansson's character in a way that like. Makes it because, like, you know, when 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 Black Widow dies, like, that's a moment, like, because you're like, at least for me, at that point in game, I did not expect that to be happening. I don't know why, I don't know how, I just did not see that shit coming. And it, 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 it takes a stark change in tone for that. Like, it's yeah. like, what what sucks is like, you know, like you know, because you watched Infinity War that if they're going to Vormir and they're trying to get the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. Something's Something gonna happen. has to happen. Yeah. Um. But like, I was, I was like, really, really convinced, given what we'd seen in the movie so far, what Hawkeye had become, Hawkeye. that it would be Hawkeye. Um. And now that we've seen Hawkeye and stuff, I mean, like, I'm semi glad it didn't. But uh, I mean, like, I'd, I'd also greatly prefer that we still had Natasha Romanoff in the universe than Honestly, uh, Martin. Yeah. Um, but can you even, I almost think that it, that's like, th- th- that's giving them too much power. Like Natasha Romanoff, like what, watching back through MCU movies, she doesn't take an L. Rocks. Does she take an L ever? No. Like, no. <laughs> like she got no powers. <laughs> Takes no, no that's the thing too. Whenever me and Joe did our Marvel character tournament a little bit ago, uh, and, and like spoilers alert for that, if you want to go listen to our whole sixty-four character tournament here, go ahead and dip from this and listen to that right quick, and then come back. Black Widow made it to the final. Wow! Like as we as we worked through it and we talked about each each and everybody's story, it was uh-huh. like natasha romanoff is genuinely a better character than this person and it just kept happening and it was like holy shit she's one of my favorite characters in the universe (laughs) yeah um which i just i I never really considered until then and like i i give now i watch black widow and i'm like this is one of my favorites to be honest uh yeah because i i mean like and then the introductions of uh the red guardian with david harbour and uh Mm -hmm. rachel weiss and i mean Mm -hmm. yelena belova fucking is awesome uh, it's a lot I, of really cool characters. Yeah, and I think the the way that because um, I watched Hawkeye before I watched um, 
Black Widow, ironically. Um, mm. And so it it makes a lot of sense the way that they introduced Yelena um, oh, in yeah. Hawkeye. And I'm like, okay, so like the transitions here are they're they're very clear, and it, that that's what makes this really enjoyable. And it also makes me think they can only really do this once. Like, I wonder what's going to happen after, like, whatever the big event is for the characters that they're grooming. This is going to be years and years down the like decades down the line, of course. Well, it's like you think to like Iron Man came out in 2008 Endgame came out in 2019. So, like, we could be waiting until 2032 for whatever we're thinking about. Yeah. Um, it, it, which is just like, holy shit. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I'm like, hold, like this is like what we are, the way that they have interconnected a universe. I just feel like has not been done at this scale, and this is never obvious. But it's like, are we understanding what we are witnessing? <laughs> no, that's the thing is that people like to shit on the Marvel universe for it's like, uh, it's not like you know, it's it's uh, amusement park. Uh, movies, as Martin Scorsese once said, which people have latched onto and fucking rode for years. We talked yeah. about that when he said it in 2019. So, and people still like imagine yeah. the impact you have if yeah. you can say one thing in an interview and it it carries on and bothers every single person who's a fan of Marvel for years. <laughs> um, but uh. But he was right, you know. Like he, he was absolutely right. Like there, there are a few great. I, I think there are a few genuinely great movies in the MCU. But on the whole, it's not. They're not critically great movies. They're just not. Um, yeah, and that's why I think that they're going to have to. And we're, I think we're seeing this in some respects with them experiment with this, with um, just the way that, like, the characters that they're choosing to do, and the way that they're choosing to adapt these characters. Like, they're they're definitely experimenting with how they want these movies to look and feel and sound right. and what defines superhero movie. Because I mean, they're they are like DC continually tries to redefine what the superhero movie looks like, and they're successful not most of the time. The MCU figured out the formula and they repeated it a ton and it was it was still satisfying um but by doing that they were able to figure out or they were like i feel like that you have to realize at a point that you have to do that again and again and right again. right <laughs> and the thing is that like even though they are amusement park movies for the most part they aren't critically great the thing you have to look at marvel and respect is what they've built exactly like the fact yeah. that it has been 14 years of interconnected movies, uh-huh. not like not not a TV series that goes goes on for 15 seasons. This ain't Grey's Anatomy. This, this is this is Marvel Studios making big budget films multiple times a year for 14 years. And it is yeah. all connected, which yeah. is fucking crazy. They they fucking watching Spider Man's introduction in Civil War was one of Under the, they introduced Black Panther and Spider Man in Captain America Civil War. Like I was like, this is that's insane. Like the that's way insane. that they were able to do it, and I don't know, just such a it, it, it's such a satisfying having just come off of Far From Home or not Far From Home. Um, no way. 
No Way Home. Uh, God, they they really went hard with the homes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the home the trilogy. trilogy. It Homecoming, home Far From Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. Um, yeah, no, they, they did a really good job with the way that I think that they have placed characters strategically. Right, um, right. And Black Widow is just another example of that. Oh, absolutely, and I—I I mean, like it's—it's it's one of my favorites of the of the year, and we actually ranked it in a uh, amongst the superhero movies from this year on our 2021 comic book movies and shows in review uh, episode, which was me and you, and you can go uh, check that out a few weeks back. Um, my last movie for July, Ride the Eagle, starring uh, Jake Johnson and Susan Sarandon. Uh. This movie was really good. Like, and it's like Jake Johnson's usually like a really, really goofy motherfucker, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he he still is in this to be sure. But he definitely he's he's got more chops than you anticipate, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't have much to say about the movie. I've only watched it once, and it was in July. Uh, and it's like an hour and a half indie movie, so it's like uh-huh. came and it went. Uh, but it it was I remember really, really, really liking it. Um, Interesting. And I mean Susan Sarandon's fucking awesome so yeah um yeah that, that was all my movies too there's there was also another a couple honorable mentions i guess uh no sudden move with don Cheadle. um and i haven't watched that yet and i need to. i haven't i haven't either and i need to something about the cover just doesn't pull me in and the description of what it's and i'm sure it's really good movie it's just i started it once uh-huh and i got like 25 minutes in or something like that and i mm-hmm. haven't i haven't gone back since but, i'm looking Oh yeah, what, what were you saying? I was saying that I, I mean, like I, I've, I've watched it. What, what did you, what did you think of those twenty minutes, though? Like it was, it was visually appealing, but there was something about the story that just wasn't gripping me, and I was like, it looks like it will get good. Yeah, but it like, and like, I mean, it's the first twenty minutes that like it's slow usually like uh-huh. that, but yeah, like, I'm... I was just like, not right now, and that was pretty <laughs> much it. Not right now, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm realizing too that Julia Fox is in this movie. Um, Julia Fox, uh, she's a, she's a legend already, and she's been in two movies and is dating Kanye West. That is the most insane thing. I was like reading about it, and like they like just met like on New Year's Eve. I think she was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we met at a party on New Year's Eve," and it was like, "I'm just like looking at these photos. I'm like, that was a week ago. Like that was like like a week ago." About a week ago. And then just explaining how they were like, yeah, we just loved hanging out, so we decided to fly to fucking New York and watch, go to the show, and then we decided to go to this restaurant. Oh, it's my favorite. And then took her back Kanye to a hotel room to a full hotel. of clothes. Full of clothes. I don't know how he did it. We were together the whole time. I'm like, oh, this man, can, this man has distance. more power than anyone you've ever met. I know exactly yes. how he did it. Kanye's sitting there in those photos fucking chilling like he looks like a like i, I don't know I don't. But, but no julia fox is amazing and, and uh she was really good in uncut gems which uh which i absolutely loved i remember being like oh <laughs> I, i've never heard of this wow <laughs> i think that was her. Um, yeah i was just like wow <laughs> I think that's that insane <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but uh, I think her that was her first movie credit though, Uncut Gems. It right? was. Yeah, like <laughs> I wonder if <laughs> you pull up like. Google has the statistics on uh, Julia Fox searches on Google after her gems dropped. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, and then the 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 other movie that um uh I thought I'd mention is the Tomorrow War with uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, oh yeah, Rick yeah. Mitchell. I never checked that out. I'm never I'm never quick to jump on the Prime video releases. Yeah. And so the the ultimate point is, you know, don't rush. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't see the whole thing. I only saw probably the last forty-five-ish minutes. I, someone was just watching it, and it gotcha. was um, Alien Battle. And so I was yeah. like, you know, I'm not really spoiling it because I have no context for this. Obviously, they were going to win, and you know, it's a good action movie, I guess. It's interesting seeing Chris Pratt as an action, like like um, main character, or not, I guess not main character because he's I've seen him as an action man, but like a serious action man. No, yeah, like he's not like he's not trying to be goofy. He's just being a he's just being a, a an action hero of yeah. like the stereotypical sense. Yeah. So like uh, it was okay, but not not amazing. Um I thought J.K. Simmons' performance was really good though. He he seemed I love me some J.K. Simmons also in Ride the Eagle. Um oh, okay. Yeah. Um but moving on from the movies of July because we just spent 30 minutes on it and we have 17 other categories to get to. Um <laughs> That that's a that's that's typical us. <laughs> yeah, it is typical us. We might have to. We'll use that as our frame of reference. We need to kind of move it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we want this movie to be if we want this podcast to be less than five hours. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> that's fucking funny though. July fun month for movies. I said, you know, I knew we were going to spend some time there. I watched plenty, and uh, I don't think I have another month where I watched quite as many things. Um, but on to uh, music. You want to go? Want to go there? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. My favorite release of the month, Vince Staples. Okay. Yeah, By Vince, Vince Staples. Staples. Vince Staples was strong. Vince Staples was very strong. Um, that, that, that'll that probably be, yeah, I, I think that's my favorite too. Well, no, I mean, I, I, Isaiah Rashad also came out this month. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, that has did. to be my favorite. But yeah. Vince Staples, I thought, was a really good project because it was the first one that felt like old Vince Staples. On a way, it, it felt like that this this project kind of helped the pit, it, like it epitomizes what everyone loves about his music. Um, and he, he just he just at this point really knows what he's doing. You got to give him his props. He really does. He's just like he's another one of those guys who's just consistent, and he's frankly the funniest motherfucker in the rap game. Um, Honestly. <laughs> Like I know we talked about Lil Dicky being funny as fuck, but Vince Staples is even funnier than Lil Dicky, in my opinion. Oh, um, well, they're not even comparable. <laughs> no, no, I mean, and Lil Dicky's funny, mind you. Vince Staples has me on the floor, though. <laughs> no, every time he tweets, bro, I'm laughing my ass off. Um, but yeah, he had one of the stronger albums of the year for me. Uh, one of the uh, the more underrated releases for me this uh, this month, "Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies" by Snow Allegra. Huh, I've I've heard who, some Snow Allegra songs. She is gas, and this album is fucking great. So, like, uh, I I, I highly recommend it. She's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, um, Pop Smoke also dropped 
posthumous album was dropped for pop. Is that like Faith? Yeah, Faith. Um, I think I listened to it. I don't really remember any songs from it, though, and I don't really. Pop Smoke was, I sad to say, like R.I.P. Pop Smoke for sure. I think Pop Smoke would have had a huge impact on music because he was just so fucking young. I mean, I I don't even think like he would have like dude was nineteen. Nineteen. Oh gosh, I thought he I thought that was a thirty five year old man. I swear Ooh. to God. <laughs> you want to and I still fuck with his uh, older tracks too, but I just don't find that revisiting them it feels good. <laughs> no, yeah, there's only a there's only a couple artists who have passed. In like in recent years that yeah. I like go to and I like and not not even really a couple really only one Mac Miller, Mac Miller. is like the only one that I'll go to uh, mostly because his music was like kind of too good to to forget for for my for my money uh, uh-huh. but I mean I was never I was never a huge a huge Juice World guy I was never a huge uh, X guy or Lil Peep. I liked I liked tracks by all of them and they were very talented artists but like they, like there was something different about Mac Miller for me where like I I I put albums of his on spin pretty uh-huh. much weekly at some point you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying Oh yeah I've been listening to Mac Miller a lot more recently too for some reason But yeah Um let's see what else So Isaiah Rashad the house is burning been waiting Ooh. on this one since forever ago. What when did it twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. It was five years between drops. Twenty sixteen. And we did talk about this on the podcast if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, we did well, there were a few albums that we talked about on the podcast from this month. We did talk about Vince Staples, we talked about The House is Burning, and we also talked Bobby Tarantino three by Logic. Yep, Bobby Tarantino three and, by Logic who retired last year. Fuck Bobby Tarantino that. 3. <laughs> also, I think we also talked about Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Um, oh, did this came come out, out this month? This month? Oh, yeah, shit. it was a pretty good month. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude. I think if I take the Vince Staples, Isaiah Rashad, Billie Eilish, and Snow Allegra releases, that's a good fucking month. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, Well, yeah, I mean... In the interest of time, we could just move on. Visit that episode. Move, for the there we go. Uh, but uh, in uh, in the TV, I got a couple. Um, only one that I really like. I really want to speak on a uh, Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. <laughs> Schmigadoon. It's a uh, it's a musical comedy starring uh, Michael Key Williams and Cecily Strong. And they are transported to this like a uh, musical reality where they they're like actively aware of the musical and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and it's a romantic comedy where they have to fall apart and come back together. Apple yeah. TV Plus original. It's super fucking funny. Oh, um, I will say it's it's definitely one that was as probably better in binge format because okay. uh, me and Emily watched it week to week. And by the end of it. When that last episode ended, we went, thank fucking God. <laughs> it was one of those. <laughs> like we were like, finally, it's over. No, but like, it, it, it probably is a lot better in binge format. Okay. Um, Man, they're, not, they're really going to. Waiting for it week to week was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. They're really going to make me fucking buy a, some way to access Apple TV, huh? They really keep they're going they in on the Apple TV. They got some good content over there, man. 
Like Apple TV's not fucking around with their streaming service. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a Netflix original animated Masters of the Universe Revelations. Um, my dad was a big Masters of the Universe fan when he was was a young lad, and he had a bunch of action figures which I played with when I was young. The, like, yeah, straight up from the eighties, fucking rubber plastic. Yeah. Uh, action figures and so i was like you know what in the spirit of nostalgia i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and watch this and uh it was mad entertaining and really? uh That's good. mark hamill is a voice in it as skeletor oh shit um as he was skeletor in the original cartoon and stuff like it's um it's it's fantastic um i really really recommend that and there's been a part two since but i haven't watched that um but yeah that's that's it in the way of tv for me okay yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have anything either. I'm much less strong in the TV area. I get you. I get you. On to August movies. Uh, the highlight for me personally, the Suicide Squad. That's that's my number one movie from that month. Uh, but we, I think we did a whole episode on the Suicide Squad at one point. We did. Um, we did. So I don't think we need to spend much time there. Uh. Uh, this was a really strong month for movies, though, because the other two I also really, really fuck with. Uh, first being Free Guy, starring okay. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, another one in the vein of that, like, uh, Space Jam, Ready Player One, fan service sort of thing, where you get a bunch of characters from stuff you've seen before, but it's not, like, expressly. Yeah. Like, it's a bunch of references, you know? And yeah. uh, for that, I really like it. And uh, I like the, tw- the uh, twist on the idea that AI doesn't have to be evil. Uh-huh. Like it can rise up and help us, uh-huh, and that's yeah. kind of the idea of free guy interesting that i mean that makes that makes a uh that i feel like that is a perspective that a lot of people haven't really explored oh and it 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 really like it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit you're like man like it it makes you like think like if a i gains consciousness, they're living beings mm-hmm have some fucking empathy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, don't, don't, don't just be like, we need to turn them off. No, they're living now. That's, it's, that's not, that's not something we can do. That's pretty, um, pretty straight up. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what free guy kind of makes you contemplate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do really, really like it. And then, uh, the last movie, which I think like is actually one of my favorite movies of the year. When I look back reminiscence starring Hugh Jackman. Wow. Really? I I I didn't even realize that movie had come out, but I, I I've seen it and I was like, oh, Hugh Jackman. But what 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 what's your take on it? It's really fucking good. Like uh it's it he we live in this reality where uh in this uh in the movie we're in a reality where uh, nostalgia is like a drug. You can go into like you go to this machine and it will you will be immersed into your memories of of loved ones uh there's for example there's a dude who's lost his legs but he goes to a memory in which he had legs so he can yeah. feel himself running running around and stuff um and it's it's kind of like that but the idea is that Hugh Jackman's character has lost the love of his life and he kind of gets hooked on the being in the machine and being with her yeah and it it ultimately results in this a uh, kind of semi action adventure thing later on but it's it's much more grounded in a drama than it is the big spectacle you know what i'm saying yeah and uh really visually stimulating Hugh Jackman's performance is awesome 
and uh, I just really, really liked that movie. I'm trying to remember who the who the woman lead was. Um, Natalie Martinez, Sandy Newton, maybe so. Sandy Newton, Sandy Newton, Sandy Way Newton. She was uh she did awesome in that fucking movie. That's right. I completely forgot. Yeah, she was fantastic. Um and it's it's written and directed by the same uh woman who wrote and directed Westworld. Oh, wow. Really? Uh so it's it's and it's another one of those that's kind of like for about an hour and 10 minutes you're like what's going on here? Yeah. And then the last 30 minutes it's like all of it comes together and yeah. you're like, Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, reminiscence. If you haven't seen it, definitely worth a watch. I'm not sure when it'll be back on HBO max. Cause you know, it was like one of those theater releases that, mm-hmm. Oh, it, I think it's available on HBO max now. Uh, Oh yeah. That's where I saw it actually. Yeah. Or yeah, like, definitely oh, uh, listening. Yeah. Definitely suggest that that's a fucking fantastic movie. Uh, any other movies from August for you? No, I didn't actually see see much of anything from uh from August. Now that I'm I'm realizing uh, that's a, uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to go check those two out. Oh, uh, and make make reminiscence a priority. Like okay. if you if you're like uh looking for something to watch, I strongly uh-huh. recommend that. Okay. The more I talked about it and remembered it, the more I'm like that might be like a top five movie for me from this year. Uh huh. Um, but then I guess on to music. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nas. My personal favorite. What's that? We had Nas. Oh, okay. What was, uh, I thought it was all right, but what, what was your, what were you going to say? What was your personal favorite? My personal favorite, Bo Jackson by Boldy James and the Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a top three rap album for me this year. Um, up there with a couple we've already mentioned, I think, uh, call me if you get lost in Vince Staples. Uh-huh. Those are, those are kind of my my staples for my top three right now. Okay. Um, but Bo Jackson by Boldy James just fucking slapped. That shit was so good. Boldy James really, I feel like, and, and Boldy James has been rapping for a while, but has really just recently, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's always been this consistent. I haven't actually listened to his older stuff. Um, uh, I'm between though, Boldy James's, project and a west side gun project that came out hitler wears hermes eight i don't Sincerely know Adolf. yeah yeah I, I i don't know i don't know which i i kind of fucked with side a and inside b honestly for some reason no, yeah i was gonna i was gonna bring both of them up and mm-hmm. because side b is in the next month's category but uh that uh, side a was solid you know like i uh-huh. West Side Gun, ever since I started listening to, like, Griselda, for real, for real, and getting to know them, because West Side Gun's, like, Pray for Paris, I think, was, like, my real introduction to that group, uh-huh. and uh, and I'd, I'd, like, heard Benny the Butcher stuff, and I'd heard Conway the Machine stuff, uh-huh. but I'd never known them in the context of being Griselda, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, so West Side Gun was kind of my introduction, and we talked about this on the the part one. He's become my least favorite of yeah. Griselda, mm-hmm. uh, and so like I I I've gotten to the point now where like I hear West Side Gun's flow, and it is mad unique and mad uh, creative. Because frankly, I don't know a single other artist who sounds like him. I don't. Uh, like the the closest thing I can think of 
and it's like not really even that close is Action Bronson. Oh, and like shit. Wow. That's uh, that's that's wild. Yeah. That's right there. <laughs> You're on the nose. And both Yeah, of- like I feel like they're like a they're kind of a kindred spirit which is weird cuz they couldn't be like kind of more opposite it feels like. And they're um, they're both like they both use music uh as just one thing. You know, they're both also involved in other pursuits uh fashion for west side gun and cooking and food and shit cooking for, for action bronson um, for yeah. action bronson is action bronson a chef yeah i think so yeah that shit's wild yeah no but uh there were, there were a couple more releases solar power by lord who uh mm-hmm. uh this is actually a semi semi weak release compared to some of lord's work for me really okay uh i think back to uh, her last release uh, what was that? Uh, melodrama. Melodrama was that her last release? I think it was before I this. Really liked. I haven't actually. You, you've. I forgot that album existed. I. I really like melodrama actually. Oh, it's really fucking good. Yeah. And like, so coming into this, that's what I'm. I'm I. I. I hold Lord in really high esteem, yeah. and she just didn't quite. She didn't quite get there. Yeah. Uh, but she did have some some banger some banger songs that I you really know, enjoyed, and she's a very talented artist. I'm wondering if maybe. Artists are losing the ability to get good inspiration, you know, when the world has kind of been semi shut down for a while, for a while. Yeah, you know, if you want to, if you're going to write, you need to kind of live. Yeah, we haven't really been able to live. <laughs> yeah, at least not with safely anxiety and, <laughs> and good conscience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Lord, I, I certainly, I've certainly had that thought. So, so Lord dropped. Also, Kanye dropped. Yeah, Donda. What, what's your what's your th- have we talked about Donda on the podcast? I don't think we have. At, really, I, we we did actually. We talked about Donda and Certified Lover Boy on the same episode. Oh, we did. Um, we did. Yeah, and but so I'm down to revisit it a little my, bit because uh, I've listened to it again since then. Me too. Um, my opinion has decreased. I'm, you like it less. I like it less. I, I just don't yeah. find it as compelling. No, I'm going to be real. It might be, aside from Jesus is King, mm-hmm. my least able to listen to Kanye project. Yes, it's hard to listen. I will, like, jail comes on and I'm like, skip. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just, <laughs> it's like, John, John. Come on, sell. That's my celly. <laughs> Made in the image of God. That's a, a selfie. selfie. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that like I thought that was hard when I first I heard it, and then I like now it. I listen to it, and I'm like, that's a weak ass line, Jay. Yeah, I know. I uh, I will say uh, the and I believe this was I haven't actually looked into this. I probably should. Uh, the song that I think was. R- released as a um the life of the party with three stacks mm, that's the best song on the album is it is it on the album or was it released separately or oh well, it was leaked by drake initially and i haven't caught up with whether or not it's like actually been released released wait drake released uh leaked yeah drake leaked life it on his like party. ovo sound radio how did he leak it on his OVO sound radio? Somebody had to play the song. Yeah, yeah. Wait, like he did it? Was it like a purposeful leak? 
I'm my I really don't think Drake and Kanye ever 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 had any beef ever. I don't either. Like, I don't either. No, like they they absolutely use each other to market each other's shit and that's all. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that's why because like he was like they had a beef. Drake leaks a track from the album and it's like, "Oh, Drake leaked Kanye's shit, but it's actually the best song on Donda." And it's on Donda Deluxe. Oh, Donda Deluxe. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize there was a deluxe that dropped um on an album that already had like 20 songs. 30 songs. 30. Yeah. No, it's just not it's just not a fun listen. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, with it. it's um, it's it's bloated and I really think that and what and it's funny that Kanye does this after kind of being the one to help usher in this kind of newer era of albeit shorter attention span music, but tighter conceptual projects from um, right. rap artists particularly, because I think EPs are, are have been big in music for a long time, but they weren't they've never been huge in in hip hop music until recently, and that's because of Kanye's seven track thing, his, his seven track yeah. run. Um, what a fun! And then, time and then this one, and then this one was just like a bunch of shit. I know that was amazing. Like, I, I get you know doing something different and why that might have been the case, but it's a lot of songs. And independently, they're they're not bad. Like Kanye knows what he's doing, of course, but they would be so much more impactful if they were packaged a little differently, um, mm-hmm. because. I, I look at it now and it just feels like like even looking at the track listing, like you're like, okay, Fabio Foreign and Playboy Cardi were on the same as Jay Z here, Baby Keem, Travis Scott, Kanye West in the weekend, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk Boy, Lil Yachty after that. Like he's putting people in places that make sense on songs that make sense with people that make sense. Don Tolliver, Kid Cudi, Kanye with Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. Like he's putting them in places that make sense with people. Um but like it doesn't flow as an album. It no. it sounds like a bunch of songs that you thought were good, which is fine. But I want the project to symbolize more than that. If like a makes... cohesiveness of some sort, like yeah. just something. Uh, and I mean, like, there's also just the fact that I've I've just cooled on Kanye overall over the years I, yeah. I i just generally don't fuck with him like i used to i've cool on his music particularly i honestly have yeah. my, my opinion kind of fluctuated of him at the beginning of all the shit for obvious reasons but you know kanye's kanye i respect kanye yeah you know what like he's a, he is a creative genius i'll give him that like he mm-hmm. is very very like on a and he's doing it on a level that nobody's ever done it yeah and he, he makes one of the de- most famous people alive. Like, I, and he, he makes decisions like I don't Brady, understand. You know? Yeah, he, he he makes decisions I don't understand, but maybe I'm not meant to understand them. You know, right? Yeah, fuck it, fuck it. You know, do you? Fuck it. Um, there are a couple more releases that I listen to. Pyrex Picasso by Benny the Butcher. Yep. Uh, which slaps, and Benny the Butcher's music fucking is oh, great. So always, always. And he I follows like- he follows much more that limited project style. He does. He as, does. As, which is nice because it, it feels it feels comfortable saying, "Oh, like I like Pyrex Picasso didn't have the the ones for me. It was still a good project. It just didn't have the ones. But there are other projects, yeah, I'm with releases you. where it's like, this is this is the one for me. Like this one, this little one. If I'm going on a 20 minute car drive, like play all the way through, and it's perfect. I feel that. <clears throat> 
Rod Wave. Uh, yeah, I, uh... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen to it, but I, I thought the title was really good. I need to give it a listen because Rod, Rod Wave. No, Rod Wave. Rod Wave's pretty solid. He's you know, solid. like uh, I, I haven't. I need to check it out too. Uh, but the last project I listened to from this month was Three 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 by Tanache. Um, <laughs> you listened to a Tanache project? Do you listen to Tanache? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't know that. What the fuck? Tanache's social media stands just fucking scare the shit out of me, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I don't want to go steer anywhere clear of that. <laughs> I, steer, I steer clear of that. But I fuck with Tanache's music for sure. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's got some bangers. I remember, like, and I remember I specifically have, like, a tweet in my drafts because I was, like, going back and forth with, like, Trenton, I think, on, uh-huh. on Snapchat and he was learning a lot about like North Korea at the time. So we were talking about like fascism in particularly and like, uh, it's, I have a, I have a draft where I was, I was like, yep, just driving around, delivering pizzas, listening to Tanache, talking about what it means to be a fascist. Talking about this is the life. To be a fascist. <laughs> that is the life. That's an odd life, but it is the life. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, and like I just wanted to mention that. That's why uh, I have three, three, three by Tanasha yeah. in here. Um, I would also like to mention the end of an era was released by rapper Iggy Azalea. Um, rapper Iggy Azalea. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bold. That's a bold you stance. Know, you know who she toured with for this album? <laughs> who? Rap, rapper Pitbull. <laughs> That makes so much sense. <laughs> it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Um, I, I don't know. I just saw the title and I was like, the end of what era? Like, that era ended and the fucking, a while ago. probably had like the fucking Island Boys <laughs> <Yeah>. opening. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but, uh, I think that kind of concludes it yeah, for August. I think that uh, But uh, on to September. I only watched two movies from this month, and uh, one of them was Shang-Chi, which we've talked at ad nauseum about, and I have a whole episode about, and uh, we talked more on the 21, 21 comic book movies thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you come, have, Has your opinion fluctuated at all on Shang-Chi, or are you kind of just where, I, where you've been? I, I haven't actually watched it anymore, which I think is what I need to do, um, because like on first watch, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good. It just didn't blow me away like I wanted it to. Um, but I, I think I just need to rewatch it. What I will say is watching the, like having just recently watched the other, um, like more of the Marvel movies and things. I think that Shang-Chi is one of the, is probably one of the most different characters to be introduced in terms of, um, just like his presence, the, the way that his movie was made and the way that his powers work and, just like his hero arc just seems very different from everyone else's right now in the MCU. And I think that's going to be really compelling once he starts, once they start putting people together. I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with you on that for sure. But, uh, yeah, that was not, uh, that was not the only movie I watched. I also, uh, and I actually just watched this the other night, uh-huh. uh, for the first time, but it was released in September. Um, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. Starring uh, Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. And uh, this begins a four-month run for Andrew Garfield like I've never fucking seen before. Really? Um, 
He has he has three movies in the last four months of 2021, um, and they all slap. Uh, really? This one he plays a a TV telev- televangelist uh, by the name of Jim Baker. Who was, it's based on a true story uh, around uh, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker, who were televangelists in the seventies, uh, eighties, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it just kind of chronicles their their rise and their fall. Um, and I was I was like kind of not big on it going in because I'm not like the I'm not a, I'm not like Christian or anything, so I don't like right. really fuck with what they're talking about. Yeah. But like, it is so well acted, and it is like re- like I like couldn't look away. It was uh-huh. kind of where I was at. Like, it was just kind of like a wow, this is just a genuinely good movie. And yeah. like, uh, I don't really fuck with any of the people, but I fuck with the performances, especially, and that's yeah, especially biographical movies. There's such an opportunity there for people to really show their their acting chops right and they definitely uh they definitely they do the whole thing they they have andrew garfield and some prosthetic makeup that makes him a little little chubbier and they have (laughs) jessica chastain and some and some uh and some prosthetic makeup too that's funny and it 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 all looks really it all looks really good it all looks believable i will say about andrew garfield uh you know how we've we've talked about how like how is this man english yeah like that man is from new york yeah um he does a really, really, really good and solid without any holes New York accent. Yeah. Um his southern accent does have a couple a couple things where you're like, ah, that is a British man. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I was gonna mention this, but uh, have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? I don't this came out. I don't know when this came out. Nick oh Ridge. god, yeah, that was like twenty seventeen or something like yeah, that. But that he has a southern accent in that movie, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um and I remember thinking <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah, there are moments like he says like ka ka <laughs> like talking about a car and like he can't quite do it right and I'm like, "Oh." Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I just loved I loved seeing it be like he is human. Southern accents um, are hard though. It's wild. No, they are. It's wild like, that people people, choose... people in America can hardly do southern accents actually right. Yeah. And, uh, it's 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 wild that people choose to have historically come to choose to inflect their voice that way <laughs> right it's just funny to me like i don't know i'm just i sound like a northerner but <laughs> like a northerner. <laughs> um, no but uh no but that movie really that, that movie was really solid and i, I recommend watching it if you're if you're if you like andrew garfield he does fantastic and if you like jessica chastain it's absolutely worth the watch um, uh-huh. um yeah i mean i saw i didn't see any full movies from this uh from this month, but I did. Uh, I mean, I guess I saw Curious George, Cape Ahoy. I didn't watch it, but I saw it. Um, yeah, That's fair. Curious George, you know. Was... I fucking love Curious George, though. So. <laughs> I did fuck with Curious First George. movie I ever cried at in the theater, Curious George, 2005. Wow. That's that's impressive. That's It was when... Uh, it was when him and uh, Man in the Yellow Hat get separated, and he's in, like, a shipping container. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, fuck this. <laughs> That's my funny. little five-year-old ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and I also didn't, I didn't watch any of this one, but Fauci, <laughs> the Fauci movie came out on uh, Disney yeah. Plus. I thought that was just a funny release because like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like right now. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I just, we're not, the, the pandemic. 
pandemic ain't over. Uh, yeah, we talked about this already, but the pandemic yeah, we ain't talked over. About more of that over on Patreon.com. And slash Fauci is out here making movies. It's it's wild. <laughs> um, but I did see the the thing I saw the most of though, which was uh, I saw probably the first half of it. Uh, Cry Macho, the Clint Eastwood movie, actually really different than what you would expect of a you know Clint Eastwood western. Here's my thing, I don't fuck with Clint Eastwood so like every time I'm like ah, it does look like a solid movie uh-huh. I, it's just like every time I can't stand looking at Clint Eastwood's face oh yeah no I mean I I, ha- I feel the same about western movies in general like this was not at all my choice you know like <laughs> but it it I mean, I've, I've seen clips of westerns and my grandmother like from Mississippi loves Clint Eastwood loves loves Clint Eastwood and it always confused the hell out of me but it's something about once again maybe that like southern like western I don't know there's a there's a thing there (laughs) there there is a thing there you know like there is like this uh and Clint Eastwood was a fucking legend back in the day like he's still a legend the fact that he's still like making making movies movies. (laughs) is kind of crazy he's like 90 fucking six he makes movies like he comes out with movies all the time. Like, I've heard of so many Clint, Clint Eastwood releases. Yeah, I remember being like eight years old and being like, "Yeah, I want to see Grand Torino." Mm-hmm. I did not know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> An eight-year-old should not see Grand Torino. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, he's ninety. He's about to turn ninety-two. That's yeah, crazy. That man is He's old. an old, old man. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think that kind of concludes it for movies for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty good month, though. Solid month. Solid. Um, music. We got the Melodic Blue by Baby Kane. Oh. Yeah, that was a strong project. It was. And I believe we also talked about that on the podcast, if I remember correctly, but... Uh, um, I want to say yes. Yeah, I want to say we did. I'll check my uh, I'll check the Instagram page because I keep that updated with the with the shit we talked about that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talked about oh we talked about Donda, Certified Lover Boy, the Melodic Blue, and Bo Jackson, and the Suicide Squad all in one episode. That was a strong episode. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what we didn't talk about was Montero. Yes, by Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X is one of the undeniable winners of 2021. That, um, yeah. This man fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Dominates everything. Did, did a really interesting... I mean, I think that Lil Nas X is very self-aware, and that's his biggest benefit. He's very self-aware right. of himself and how people think of... Um, a, person in his position if that makes sense like he is able to very like can you imagine how many fucking boomers Lil Nas X pisses off on a daily basis like 100% of them they look at they look at his out at this album cover and they're like nope Satan's we're all going to hell in a handbasket (laughs) yeah yeah it's like no it it was hilarious The, the way he just plays everything like it, it feels the way 
watching like a a movie where a villain is like 15 steps of the hero is where it's just like you don't even want him you, like you're like i'm rooting for this guy yeah you know like yeah. he's he's yeah this dude's just dominating yeah every like the way he was like the way he capitalized on satanic panic which he absolutely knew was going to happen when he did it uh-huh. like he was like yeah like i know this is going to piss people off and that's exactly what i'm looking for yeah um yeah literally. just a just a fucking genius i he's 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 fantastic uh-huh. um have you did you listen to the GEZ project I did not. I did not either. Um, I Jeezy kind of it's crazy to me that like I I for a period there I was pretty into Jeezy. Oh, I really really fucked with Jeezy yeah. at one time. Yeah, you're you're you're. I think you're you're always probably more into Jeezy than me. But I think you put me on to Jeezy, and I was like, you know, he's got some potential. And then he went the alternative route for a second. He was he he did that thing that artists do where they're like. I'm an alt dude now. And then you're like. <laughs> Specifically white rappers. Yeah. 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 They all do the same thing unless they're really good. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but I mean, even if they're really like Mac Miller changed, changed genres, kind of like, I would say Mac Miller probably changed genres a, a, a few times. Oh, he definitely did, but he, he didn't, he didn't make it. A he thing, didn't do it in though. a basic way. Yeah, He didn't like, he, he, yeah, he wasn't like, I'm going to elevated his craft with every project. And that's kind of like, I can't say the same for MGK. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they, they switch genres and they start at the ground floor developing like an, like, a sound that has already been tried before. Like that was, I think the issue with logic supermarket and G easy's alternative project. Cause both of those were, they were framed as alternative projects and they sounded too much like just an alternative project. And while the songs may be fine to listen to, like they're, they're pleasing to some, some degree, which I thought of both. Like I enjoyed listening to it it wasn't anything that I was compelled to return to for any purpose whatsoever, because I knew what alternative music I did think was super, super good. And what I would choose to listen to. And that's just right. what I did. Like, this wasn't anything special, I guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. They, they make the transition and it's right down the middle yeah. and you're like, okay, like, you're like, okay, yeah, you did it and you succeeded, but you didn't aim really high. And then they, and then they end up rapping again. <laughs> yep. Uh, but the uh, the last the last release I have, uh, side B, for Hitler wears Hermes eight sincerely yes. Adolf. Yeah, that was um, a that was a strong one. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about it more. I really don't know which one I like more, side A or side B. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know either. I I like need. I need to listen to them back to back to really tell yeah. you what I think. But uh, I like. I I remember fucking with both of them because I like West Side Gun. I you did. Know? I, I fucked with the vibe of Side Beat more. I think it. I don't know. It I it felt a little more. It felt like a. It felt more B sidey, which is I guess what I was looking for, or what. Yeah, right. I typically like more. Um, but they're they're both solid. They're both solid. Um. They were. Yeah, and then Certified Lover Boy. But, you know, we talked about that. That's true. That's true. Yep. Uh, I got a couple TV shows. Well, actually, I want to ask you real quick. Do you think that... Ha, have you revisited Certified Lover Boy at all? I, I haven't, like, revisited it, but it did what all Drake albums do 
for my playlists and I took a couple songs that I liked and I've listened to them casually a couple times since. Um, I, I just, and that's kind of like, that's kind of what I felt about certified lover boys that it was like, it's just the same. It's, it's remind it's remi- like, it feels like Donda in some way. It's like, it feels like it had the same flaws, which is crazy for two artists as big as Kanye and Drake. Like, Three years ago, four or five years ago, they they them dropping like and granted this may just be you know we're getting out of the age range, but them dropping is like a thing that people like are like waiting on, but and it becomes a moment for like that day or whatever. But beyond that, it just doesn't stick like it used to. I feel like my thing is that like I remember anticipating like views mm-hmm. and anticipating the life of Pablo and yay and uh scorpion like i remember anticipating those very very vividly and i remember them being like oh yeah i really fucking like this and i'm going to keep listening to this uh-huh. but there's there's the in between ones where like you get you get more life and you get uh the fucking dark lane demo is that what it was yeah. like uh yeah and it's and like when he puts out those two projects mm-hmm. for me it actually actively hurts the way i view drake as an artist because he sounds the same yeah he it, it, yeah that's that's it like in it that, that i think it, i think that there are particular songs where he gets it just right, where he sounds the same, but the same Drake that, you know, is still compelling to me. Um, yeah. The, like, what's the name of the song? Um, the uh, Chicago. Chicago Freestyle? Yeah. That, like, song, a song like that, that's that's probably, of, of Drake's most recent releases, a song I've revisited the most. Um, yeah. And not because it's a particularly amazing song in and of itself, it just, encapsulates what drake is and how right you know what the best drake songs sound like and yeah it, it, at this point i'm wondering if that's why he exists still to make like that and that's kind of what that's that's just like the the arc you know that's what little wayne that's what's happened to little wayne that's what's happened to jay-z like that's what's happening to kanye like you just want them to you don't they develop their sound in creative and artistic ways of course but you still you're just kind of looking for that thing that is that jay-z track is that low wing track and you know like we're coming up on five years now since kendrick lamar dropped uh dropped an album tde just he's, don't give a fuck. he's the one for me <laughs> he's the one that will determine whether or not i'm just out of the age range <laughs> yeah or whether or not all this music has actually just not been as good yeah because like I've never not fucked with a Kendrick Lamar album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hasn't hasn't taken it. So if if Kendrick Lamar drops an album and I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm bored, then I'll realize, you know what? I'm just bored. I'm I need to start bored. listening to new things. <laughs> like like that's just that's just it. Yeah. And I'm waiting for Kendrick to know that for sure. Yeah, you know that's a I mean? that's a good assessment tool. I, <laughs> that's creative. <laughs> that's funny. No, but uh, I do. Uh, 
I don't have my I don't have any more music releases for uh, yeah. for September. Yeah. But uh I do have a couple shows. Okay. I've got uh Star Wars Visions, which we had a, a whole episode on uh at some point where it was hosted by me, Joseph and Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's available back there, so if you want some thoughts on Star Wars Visions, go check that out. But uh you know, as far as anime is concerned, I'm not a huge anime guy. Uh but I really fucked with it, uh, not just because it was Star Wars, but because of all the different artistic styles and yeah. uh, the stories that were being told. That particular, uh, the way that they did it, I think was really, really creative because it showed, it reminded, I mean, I don't know, I didn't realize how um, how perfect Star Wars would be for anime type um, Ooh. writing. Like, the, the way that the universe is constructed is perfectly perfect. transferable to... Um, the idea of what of what anime is and how they typically write and the how they construct their universes so that's that's really cool no yeah and uh i've actually begun a new book uh this since the beginning of this year called star wars ronin which is based off the first episode of star wars visions the first two chapters is the episode in a novelization format and you just continue the story after that Uh um and so far, it's really fucking good. I'm like 10 chapters or 11 chapters in, and uh, the expansion on the character has quickly made him one of my favorite Star Wars characters. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I strongly recommend if you're uh, if you're into the novelization adaptations for Star Wars, that sort of that sort of thing, uh-huh. the R- Star Wars Ronin is definitely worth a read. Okay. Uh, but the uh, the other show I have was a is a Netflix series called Q Force. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's. Have you wa- I've watched a lot of like the Netflix adult animation stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you watched like uh, Paradise PD at all? Um, no, no, I haven't. Okay, well, it's in like I've... the same vein as Paradise PD, which I have also watched. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the idea is that they're all they they're all a part of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> uh, Q Force. They're a uh, they're a, they're like a branch of uh the FBI or CIA or something. They're like their own little task force that handles that handles their shit, and it, it was really fucking funny. Yeah. Like it was, just, it was just really funny. And uh, I I don't remember much about it because I watched it all in like two days, four or five months or four months ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. It, I remember thinking it was funny as fuck, and I laughed my ass off for uh-huh. t- uh, fucking five hours or something like that. Fair, so fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Did you watch Squid Game? I didn't. You didn't watch Squid Game. I, I never got around to. I it. Uh, this also came out in September. I I watched the first half of the season. I want to say I did not. I never finished it. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it was a it's a trend. It, it just th- it just made me think things that weren't interesting to me. Like I it was making me wonder about like there was the the subtext to the show is obviously a critique of capitalism, but at its most basic level and the result is still capitalism. That's, it's just like, you know, like shit sucks. It fucking sucks. I know. Like, yeah, it sucks. That's every episode pretty much to me. Like, And it's just like, I get that it's compelling. It's a mystery, yada, yada, yada. It's a crazy concept. I have learned after I watched Bird Box, uh-huh. because I felt 
obligated to watch Bird Box because for two fucking weeks in like December of 2018 or 19 or something, no one would shut the fuck up about that movie. Still never seen it. I watched it and I was like, this is a quiet. Right, now I know I never need to watch something all these motherfuckers are freaking out about on Netflix again. <laughs> I never watched Tiger King. Never, I never watched Good Game. I didn't watch any of this shit because I know it's not as good as y'all are talking about. <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact. Maybe it's like people are just not really interested in good television. Like you know, people of course are interested in good television, but people as a whole, social media uh, is not interested in good television. It's interested in uh, like a meat like, level, like inflammatory inner shit. Like yeah, entertainment. It's it's. Like The Bachelor is one of the most viewed shows. <laughs> like never watched that either. Never watched it, but the amount of seasons that they have are ridiculous. No, yeah, and it's like like and that's another thing too. It's like to each their own, you know. Like, right. I know there are people out here who really fuck with this stuff. It's just not for me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like I just I've come to realize that, and now I don't have to watch the shit that I can tell is not for me based off the people it is for. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Um. Yeah, and like, and again, obviously, no, no judgments for anyone being into whatever they're into. I never like, I, I fucking hate it when people are like, oh, fucking, fuck Marvel, it's bad. Fuck Star Wars, it's bad. Like, I, I mean, yeah, sure, but I, I enjoy it. So, that's that. Yep. Um, you enjoy your thing, I'll enjoy mine. I'll enjoy mine. <laughs> but uh, you, you ready for some October movies? I am. I am indeed. This was a good month. Specifically for two movies for me, uh, Dune being the number one thing. Okay. Um, I really, really liked Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember people kind of being like, "This movie sucked." It yeah, like two that, hours and forty minutes, and it was slow. That kind of that that is what made me end up not like. And when I first saw the trailer for Dune, I was like, "This looks really amazing." And then it was like. It came out and people were like, "It was it's it feels experimental, like the story is very loose." And I just haven't been in the mood to watch a movie like that, and so I just still haven't watched it. It's it. it what was your what was your reading of it? I really really enjoyed it, and like the way that I went into it, I did. I was like a little late to it. Like I let everyone watch it first before, and like I took in the reviews because I was like, "It's a three hour movie. Like I need to." Yeah. Like, I don't want to just blindly commit to a three-hour movie. Right. But the consensus I saw was that it was, like, it was too long. It felt like a trailer, like a two-and-a-half-hour trailer. That sounds and I dumb, was like, though. Like, what, how is that possible? It is dumb. <laughs> it was dumb. So, like, my thing was, like, it. the opening title card says Dune Part 1. That is literally all you need to know about the movie. It is part one of what is clearly a two-part story. And I think I think that, like, people expected the story to get wrapped up and it for, for it to just escalate in some extreme manner. But that's not what we're going to do in part one. Part two is when the escalation typically happens. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I just kind of went into it as soon as I saw that going, like, okay, now I can kind of frame everyone's complaints with the fact that this is a part one movie right. and go, I'm going to guess that part two is probably going to be what people are looking for. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it anyway. The performances are awesome. Josh Brolin. So, uh, what do you take of the uh, of the story? Like, is the, does it feel 
super loose and is it does it not really give you any any hints as to what's happening it 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 is a little loose like it is definitely one where it's like i guess what does kind of suck is that if you are sitting down to watch this movie you have to sit down and watch this movie like you need to like because there's not a ton of like it's two and a half mo- it's two and a half hours so there's plenty of dialogue but there's not a ton of dialogue you know like it's yeah it's it is occupied a lot by the uh the visuals and the soundtrack and a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that's happening doesn't require a lot of uh, a lot of discussion yeah but uh it it was very clearly to me setting setting the table for what's to come in the next movie and uh the story was pretty loose and uh it was kind of like I think they probably could have done the whole fucking thing in one movie. Yeah. But there was, like, it's just really expansive. And I think, like, until we get Dune Part 2, it's kind of like, that's what will determine how good Dune Part 1 was. Yeah. Um, that's fair. And the story, the story was a little loose, but uh, it was really well acted, and it was really uh, satisfying to look at. So it was just kind of like, I can kind of throw aside a slow story whenever I'm compelled by the people performing and the visuals I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, but even so, I still think the story is better than most people give it credit for. Okay. Okay. Um, and the only movie I actually saw from, from this month was, a, and I don't know why I watched it, but, uh, the, the, my hero academia world heroes movie mission world, world oh. hero hero movie. What? God damn it. What is it? Um, world heroes mission. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't actually like my hero academia and I didn't love the movie as a result. Also, it's like in the story and I don't know the story all that well. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was a big movie. It was a, it, like definitely, um, huge, huge when it came out. So I was, no, I remember hearing about it and like, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not a big anime guy. Mm-hmm. So like, like when I, whenever anything crosses my attention mm-hmm. that is anime, I'm like, it must have been a pretty big deal. Yep, you know what I'm right. saying? Um, Which I've learned too. You got to take that with a grain of salt, kind of like these Netflix shows, because people with and, and that's the thing about anime is much less diverse in America than it is in Japan for obvious reasons. And when people are like, oh, like you got to watch this, you got to watch this. I said, like this is like the best one ever for like something like Naruto. That's that's been proven since fucking like 2000 since probably before 2001 i want to say that um like people have known like that was fine and uh my hero has a sort of similar discourse is that it's like oh like this is one of the major ones right now it's just it's 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 all right it's all right okay and it's all right because it copies the method of a a manga like naruto (laughs) gotcha Gotcha. No, yeah, I've uh, I've always been intrigued by anime, but I've never been able to make the full leap. Like, uh, I actually think that like uh, it's Sunday right now. Attack on Titan is, is that tonight? Comes back tonight. Fuck yes. Um, I forgot all about that until you just mentioned that. That's awesome. Yeah, and so like I I watched like Tillman was like, but man, you just got like he called me just the other night. Uh-huh. And was like, 
Attack on Titan starts in a couple days. Uh, Catch your ass up. I, and I was like, uh, I was like, I tr- I'm trying. You're not, I've tried. You're not going to catch up, but I will put pressure on you from multiple sides. You got to watch Attack on Titan. Like I'm telling okay, you, you okay. know, you're not going to catch okay. up anytime soon, probably. But no, I won't. Like it'll be months before I catch up and with Attack I, on Titan. I, but... I will tell you this: like, let yourself binge it because that is the. You will. There are parts of it that feel slow, and uh, in one episode may be doing some work that you don't understand. But I promise, like they they know what these writers are not idiots. <laughs> and I trust it. I trust it. Like I, I I believe the show will get good. But Tillman Tillman was like, "You just got to get to episode five, man, and then from there you're off." I was like, "I got to episode eight. <laughs> he was like he was like oh and i was like i was like i'm gonna get back into it and like i didn't dislike it like it wasn't that yep. it was just like at the moment in time it wasn't what i was exactly. looking for so i just like like exactly. and like i know it was it was solid you know like and like i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna get to it it's just like it's not i'm okay with missing out on a couple moments yeah in pop culture yeah i keep up with a lot of stuff and I don't need to keep up with Attack on Titan right now. I'll get to it. It's in a it's in a shaky place. Like it's always going to go down as a really important um, anime because it was one of the big ones. Uh, it was one of the first major major ones in um, the United States in some ways. Um, but the the ending gets sh- shitted on. Like the manga ending, like they fucking hate it. And I don't I don't know what it is, but um, it the anime is probably going to do something similar. Hopefully they they. I don't. I don't really know what people hate about it specifically, but um. So I, Attack on Titan has kind of decreased in a lot for a lot of people as well in their, the the image in their in their eyes. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm. I, I will get to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I will get to it. But uh, building off the uh, the anime talk, I'm gonna go in a completely different direction. Many Saints of Newark. Yes. Which uh, I won't. I won't talk about too much because I, you, I still have you haven't finished it. this. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't finished The Sopranos either, which you must do before you watch Many Saints. Okay. Um. Fucking awesome. And if you like The Sopranos, I don't see any reason why you won't like this. And if you don't, you're just looking for too much. <laughs> that's that's all. Like. It it is it is straight up. It feels like two episodes of The Sopranos back to back. Yeah, the, it, in one. Movie. It reminds me of the um, El Camino, the the Breaking Bad follow up movie. It, is it similar mm-hmm. to that in some ways, or similar to that? It's feel? Ten times better to me. Okay. Uh, infinitely better than El Camino uh, in terms of the story they're telling, mm-hmm. the purpose it serves. Um, but it does feel that way. Like it's like. You know, building off the iconic series with a movie is kind of like uh, it, it does have that sim- it does have that same feel. Yeah. But uh, the acting is superb. Uh, the visuals just knocked me on my fucking ass. There are specific shots from that movie that I absolutely love. Uh, and seeing Michael Gandolfini reprise a young Tony Soprano. Yeah. He just fucking killed it. So like a. Uh, Wait, uh, w- Mike played by his dad. Oh shit! James I didn't realize. I was like Gandolfini. That sounds familiar, but isn't he dead? <laughs> no, yeah, Michael Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's That's son, awesome. plays young Tony Soprano and absolutely bodies it. Um, That's awesome. I love the the uh, just like the history of uh, Italian actors. Like they they they're always so so much more genuine than. Uh, 
other actors, I feel like, you know? Yeah, right. Like that. No, but Many Saints in Newark was fucking awesome. Ray Liotta has a role in it. Uh, I, uh, as, I was kind of... Huh? Ray Liotta is Christy Moltisanti's grandpa. Huh. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, Play Hollywood dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, I was I was hoping Michael Gandolfini looked a little more like his dad, but it doesn't appear he looks too much. They, they don't look. Really no, he looks. Uh, he, I mean, he's he's just very clearly much younger. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and has he's, hair. Uh, and has hair. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Um, but yeah, he and what's funny is he really like. I think he really benefits from the long hair that he has in Many Saints, the actor, because uh-huh. he looks a little goofy otherwise. <laughs> um, but he he did he did really good as his as his father's role, Tony Soprano. Uh-huh. And then uh, a movie I saw in theaters, Venom: Let There Be Carnage, really fucked with it. Uh, it's entertaining, but uh, if you're not into Venom, I don't see any reason why you should see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely get that. You want to move on to uh, music? Yeah, I'm ready to go on to music. I only got one thing. Is this this is a uh, October, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. What's that? This thing of ours, Volume Two by The Alchemist. That's that it. that was the only thing I listened that to. That shit was fire. That shit was was really was really good. I think that The Alchemist has been on a tear as of late. Oh yeah, this like I said in the part one, producer of the year is no doubt The Alchemist. Yeah. Um, I need to. Oh, Mick Jenkins, Elephant in the Room. That was um. No oh, one that I listen to. I need to listen to that. I fuck with Mick Jenkins. Really good, really good. I'm saying, I'm, I, I think even better than um his last album. I can't remember. Or oh, way better than his last album. Uh, Care Carefree. I want to say it was mm-hmm. or last project. Um, really, really strong. Um, <clears throat> looks like Reason dropped too. I didn't. I didn't catch that. I didn't get um, around to that either. I haven't listened to Reason in a while. I need to. Bob dropped. <laughs> No shit. Yeah, Wale also dropped. I saved the Falarin two album. I just haven't listened to it yet. Um, I do too. I have it in my Spotify library right yep. now. Yeah, I need to. I need to get around to that, but I haven't. Um, I also just it came around to the Young Thug album that dropped in October um, recently. It's 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 pretty good actually. Um, have you heard "Stressed"? The song "Stressed." Uh, yes. Okay. I really fucked with J. Cole's performance on there. Like, it yeah. it was, I was like, this is really, like, J. Cole is getting really good at using his voice. And that's what, I think that's, for a long time, what, um, uh, uh, like, made Kendrick stand out from J. Cole was that Kendrick's vo- vocal inflection yeah, the flows. and flows were just way more innovative than J. Cole's were. Um, his voice was another instrument. Yeah, like uh, that was what stood out about Kendrick compared to J. Cole. J. Cole was rapping. Kendrick Lamar's voice was like genuinely one with the beat, uh-huh. which like, yeah. it was like another instrument. Yeah, which is just insane. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is, and I think that that kind of yeah that that kind of put him put him away. But um, J. Cole's getting better at that for sure. Uh, also dropped this month, Tech Nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because this is the one with uh, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson feature, isn't it? <laughs> it's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours and take what's ours. 
Oh, that shit would be swirling around my head for absolutely no reason. I hated that Dude, shit. I'm not gonna. I I, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like something about it that was like it's infectious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, black and some moan in my veins. My culture banging was strange. I changed the game. So what's my motherfucking name? <laughs> It's just amazing this shit. Like, fucking, a uh, fucking Tech Nine is like a character that somebody created in a video game, except it's in the world now. The shit that he does, and like, see, my thing was like, I was like, I love that of all the artists, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is one of the most famous people in the, the world. world. <laughs> of all the artists he could have collabed with. Because there's there's a balance there because it's like there are a lot of artists who are a lot bigger and better than Tech Nine yeah. who aren't gonna taint themselves with a Dwayne the Rock Johnson feature. So he had to get someone like yeah. Tech Nine to take on a Dwayne the Rock Johnson feature. <laughs> That's so funny. Tech Nine has history too, you know. Tech Nine is a Oh, I fuck with Tech Nine, you know, like and like him being from Kansas City and stuff, I was like, Hey, I'm kinda proud that like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's first rap verse is on a Tech Nine song. Yeah. You know, that's some KC pride there. Yeah, right, right. Um, I haven't listened to this yet. I did listen to an interview about Meek Mill talking about it, but Meek Mill's Expensive Pain, um, which, I mean, mm. the cons from the title, I'm like, I could fuck with this concept. I know, like, he, this is, he, that it probably sounds like it's going to be fire. Um, I haven't listened to it that yet, though. Don Tolliver also dropped Life of a Don. Um, gotcha. I've, I've heard good things about that. And then, um, Zach Fox, uh, <laughs> you don't know what he named his album. Shut the fuck. If you don't love Jesus. I'm punching in the face. It's called "Shut the fuck up talking to me." <laughs> Shut the fuck up talking to me. Zach Fox is one of the funny. Like, you know, we talked about like the funniest motherfuckers in rap and and in music in general. Yeah, Zach Fox and Thundercat. They're up there. They're up there with Lil Dicky and Vince Staples. For they me. are. They are. I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But uh, yeah, that was all. That was all that I, I was really aware of from that month. Mac, Mac Miller dropped Faces on um, streaming services right, this month, right? Which, which is I've been spinning like crazy. Histor- like, and I've I've I, that one of the only and like I have to go to a different app to listen to it. Um, on my phone, like Spinrilla, but like particularly when I'm traveling too, because it's it's always downloaded on my phone, or if I don't have Wi-Fi or some shit, um, mm. that's that's the that that's the album that I always spin, and it's just so nice to have it on streaming platforms now. It's so good. it's so good, like, and it's yeah, it's just sad because you know he was really sad when he was making it, and it it comes through in a lot of ways. Oh, and like he was absolutely off all sorts of drugs, yeah, like. Like it was like, and it comes through. Like that's another thing that comes through, and it's like, god damn! Like Mac Miller's discography is just so fucking good, yeah. and like this was this was another one where I always wanted to listen to it, but I never wanted to go to the effort of like getting Spinrilla and doing all that, sh- doing all right. that. So I I was just like patiently waiting for the day. Yeah, and the day came, the day came. and I was very happy. The day came. The day did indeed come. <laughs> the day the day did come. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think that was all I had for music for from this month. Yeah, and I don't have any TV shows for October. Didn't start anything that month. Um, I uh, d- did you watch you? I didn't. Okay, I th- I think uh, you came out this month. Yeah, I think it did. Um, I, I I watched the first two seasons. 
But I got to a point by the end of the second season where I was like, son of a bitch, I hate that I like this show. Yeah, yeah. A. Um, and B, I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> like, Fair enough. When the, when the second season ends with him being like, looking through a hole in the fence going, you, looking at his next door neighbor, I'm like, ah, oh, motherfucker, no. No. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And, I mean, this season is no different. Um. <laughs> Next season, he'll be in Paris. I won't. I won't tell you how he get how he'll get there. Um, I mean, uh, someone someone gets killed. I will say several people get killed. Several, the person several, who got pregnant dies. Several people get get killed. It's, it's love, laughable love at this is, point. Love is dead. It is it, it, like they're not really trying to make this a legitimate murder mystery at all. Ever like it's just like it's just him murdering people and yeah, then going to it, a different it's place. As if you could like take a test on how to get away with murder and like as long as you get nine out of ten questions right like you're not going to jail and they just happen to ace that test every single time they kill someone which is like fucking 15 times in this season and i'm like you know this is ridiculous <laughs> there's a there's a there's gotta be a trail somebody's gotta have noticed something there's got to be something now, by now like this dude's gotta be getting actively investigated <laughs> Like this dude sure as fuck shouldn't have a visa. <laughs> um, but it was still enjoyable. It was still enjoyable. No, and I know it the is. Plot, like I know it was probably still so entertaining. And I fucking very, hate that. Very compelling. It got you through. It's a binge show. It's one hundred percent a binge show. Don't spread yeah. it out, or you probably won't revisit it. But it, it it does what it needs to do. Um, you have seen uh. Ted Lasso, though, right? Ted Lasso came out. I have, but it didn't start in this month. Oh, it didn't? Okay, okay. I think it actually might have concluded at the beginning of this month, or maybe even sooner. Um, I really, I really fucked with that. Um, did we, we, it we was, talked uh, about Ted Lasso last time, too, didn't we? Did we? I think we might have. I think we might have. But, uh, well, actually, I think I forgot to put it. Oh. So, like, I'll, I'll touch on Ted Lasso here for a second. Um. I think they stepped it up, and I didn't think they'd do that. Mm -hmm. Season one was fucking awesome, and I loved season one. And I was like, I went into season two going, ain't no fucking way <laughs> they touched that. You yeah, know, yeah. like, there's no way they do as good. And they they did by making it a little different. Like, they didn't, they didn't do the same, they didn't do the same type of show. There was a lot more, there were a lot longer episodes. There were 45 to 50 minute episodes instead of 30 to 35. They made it a lot more drama based in certain episodes mm -hmm. as opposed to comedy. Like there are episodes in that in the second season that are straight up sad. Yeah. Like there there are fun like there are funny moments, but they are drama episodes, there's no doubt. Uh -huh. Um and it, it and it elevated the story in a way that I was just like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. They really did that shit. Like every episode I was coming back every week going, Holy fucking shit. Yeah. I have chilled again. I'm smiling my ass off. I'm crying. I don't know what the fuck. Ted Lasso just does things to me, man. Yeah. I, like I'm like, God damn, it's that's good. what that's kinda and I haven't seen um the the full show or the full show. I guess I've seen episodes here and there. Like I've probably seen a good four or five episodes at this point. Um gotcha. I have some neighbors here who were really into it um around that time too. And uh hmm. yeah, so I saw some episodes and it it 
It does. It, it like it does. It's really compelling, even if, even not knowing anything about the about the uh, uh, like plot. Uh, it's 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 just a yeah, a good watch. Oh, it's yeah, and it's it's just really heartwarming. It's just one of those that'll put a smile on your right. face, and that's kind of like if you're looking for that, it's about as good a show as you can get. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that on to November I then? Think so now these last two months. November 1, December 2. These are like the two best months of the year, yes. at least movie-wise, yes. uh, for me. Uh, starting with November, obviously, I watched four and a half movies. I didn't finish the last one, and I'll get to it. But uh, Encanto, okay. new Disney animated movie. Uh-huh. Um, fucking awesome. I've already watched it like three or four times now. Mm-hmm. Emily absolutely loves it. The music slaps. There's a heart to it that, like, uh, people have been complaining online, like, I miss when Disney animated movies had singers. Like, the people were, like, belting the lyrics, like, singing their, like, Adina Menzel and Frozen and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, This isn't that. But I I, I specifically pointed out to Emily that it was something I appreciated about. Mm -hmm. Because... It makes it so that anyone watching can feel like they can sing these songs. Okay. Like, interesting. And the the main character is voiced by Stephanie Beatriz, who I would not describe as the as the greatest as one of the best singers I've ever heard. But and like obviously she's not a bad singer. Yeah. Like she she was the main character in a Disney animated movie with singing, so she had to be all right exactly. at it. But like, uh, she's not blowing me away or anything. And like the same thing with a character named Louisa. And uh, it's because they're not singing; they're performing a character yeah. who is singing. Yeah, and that's what makes it cool. It, like that's what makes it good is that like you are watching the character sing, not some fucking Grammy award winning artist belt their fucking heart yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that kind of breaks down the the barrier between the viewer and the character. Exactly. Like, oh, like it, it makes it all the more relatable. This is just fucking Alicia Keys. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but Encanto, it really, it really does have a heart, uh, a really, a really great, great uh, message, a great story. Um, a John Leguizamo is a voice in it. Um, songs are uh, songs are written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh huh. In part. Okay. Um. It, it, it's all in all really, Lin, really fucking Lin-Manuel good. Lin-Manuel Miranda's been making some bank recently. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If there's like a... The ultimate winner of 2021 was Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Um, yeah. This man succeeded on pretty much every front. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, uh, that'll take me to my next my next film, which he directed, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Which is my favorite movie of 2021. Okay. Uh... Again, Andrew Garfield. Is, I wonder if I think every year that a major musical has come out, I think that's been your favorite movie. <laughs> it's been up there at least. Like it's like a, it's like at least top three every time. I think uh-huh. like 2016, La La Land, 2018, The Greatest Showman, 20. <laughs> like it's like it always happens. Uh, but Tick Tick Boom was fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew Garfield. Like I think he deserves a nom a nom for this. Yeah, Oscar nom for best lead actor. And tick tick boom, uh, following the life of Jonathan Larson, the guy who wrote Rent, mm-hmm. um, the musical. Uh, it just kind of it was like 
This is one of my favorite characters of any in anything ever, and it was like a real guy. Yeah. And I was like, that's wild. Yeah. Like I've like I've like never like I've never watched a like a biopic pretty much and gone, I really love this character. Uh-huh. You know, like that that just doesn't happen yeah. a lot. And I there was something about this character that I was just like I, I just I, I, I got a lot out of it. And uh yeah, just, that whole story is just devastating. Jonathan Larson works his whole life to get to make it, and then his first Broadway hit is Rent. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Rent goes on Broadway for eleven years. It's legendary, you know, like it's one of the most iconic uh, productions in all of Broadway history. Jonathan Larson's worked his whole life for this moment. Dies the night before it premieres. Holy shit! Yeah. I, I so that my problem like this is not a problem with it. The reason I haven't watched it, I guess, is um one, it, it's just harder for me to get around to musicals because I'm not like a huge fan of musicals, and then two, it I like when movies are like deep and tragic like that, and also really well done. Like I feel like I have to emotionally m- prepare myself. <laughs> no yeah you're absolutely right now because i me and emily watched it down here and on the projector here and i i knew loosely about jonathan larson like his general story and how how he passed and rent went on to become a huge hit i did not know he died the night before it premiered uh so like and that's not really a part of the movie it's kind of like a an after like it's like this went on to happen and this is what happened uh but uh the story is based around uh so Jonathan Larson has been working his whole life on a musical called Superbia for like 8 or 9 years uh and the whole he he does a showcase for producers on Broadway and no one wants to buy it yeah and his his agent's advice is write about what you know so what he writes is tick tick boom and Tick, Tick, Boom is the story of him writing Superbia. Huh. <laughs> so like, like, and that's what you watch on screen. You watch the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. It's narrated by Andrew Garfield playing Jonathan Larson and performing Tick, Tick, Boom, cutting back to him writing Superbia. So it is, it is really, really cool. And like, uh, and like, frankly, if you know if you know he died the night before rent went on Broadway, you don't need to emotionally prepare yourself that much. Like it was like the thing that broke Emily. It was like, we were just watching and we were like, Oh, he went on to make rent. He made it. And then they were, (laughs) and then they were like, he died of a brain aneurysm the night before it hit Broadway. Uh And we were like, <laughs> we, like she, she immediately started sobbing. I'm like, oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like that's that's the thing is like watching him work his fucking ass yeah. off the entire movie, yeah. and then like them being like, yeah, he died. He died. Oh, that's so terrible. Uh, but yeah, and I I strongly recommend it. The music is fantastic. Okay. Uh, Andrew Garfield can apparently sing his ass off, which I did not anticipate. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Hot, like, far and away my favorite movie of uh, twenty twenty one, but it's it's got a close second. Is that? And it's another it's another Netflix from November. Okay. The harder they fall. Interesting. 
with Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors and Regina King and oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Isn't that the Western? I mm, wanted to. I bro. haven't watched it yet, but I, I plan to. That Western, I have Ooh. no issues with. <laughs> no, yeah, and you should. Well, this it... is the best Western you'll ever fucking watch. Really? It's like the fucking hotel chain. Um, yeah, that best Western. That's a one deep of the cut. Be- um, best, <laughs> one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Like one of the best trailers I've ever watched. Oh my god, dude, I loved it, and it was so. It was just like every like, and there's like it's another one with like a pretty big twist. Okay. Ending that's like, oh shit, that's dope. Is it based on um, a real story? It's based on real people, uh-huh. but the people didn't do, do these in the, do yep. these things right. like uh they they take the characters and adapt them in a in a certain way. Uh, but Lakeith Stanfield fucking awesome in it. Idris Elba amazing. <laughs> Jonathan Majors fucking rocks. Uh, the soundtrack slaps. The visuals are fantastic. There's like a there's a train car at one point that uh, it's called like the CB Bozeman. Ooh. Which I think was a a a, a clear a little Easter egg to pay homage to Chadwick Boseman, uh-huh. um, which I thought was really cool. Oh, and can you uh, imagine Chadwick Boseman in that movie. He probably would have been. Probably that, like that's 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 kind of what I got from yeah. it. Was like if you look at everyone else in this cast and like the relationship Chadwick Boseman had with Netflix, having done a few Netflix movies in the past, yeah. he almost certainly would have been in this yeah. movie. Um. And I don't, I don't know if they would have written in another role or if his role ended up going to someone else. But uh, I could have seen him fill uh, Lakeith Stanfield's role pretty, pretty, pretty effectively. If I'm, if I'm being for real. Um, but regardless, the Heart of the Fall was fucking amazing. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I thought, I thought yeah. you were gonna say a different movie. Actually, um, did you get around to King Richard? Oh, I did not. Um, that is a that is a must watch. But I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it is fantastic, and going into it, your obvious thought is going to be, "Well, why is the movie about Serena and v- Venus Williams named after their dad?" And it's it's it, it's it's clarified. Um, I think through the story. I saw the outrage online a few weeks back by white feminists being like, "Uh, why is it about their father?" And it's like, well, it's actually like maybe you should just shut the fuck up about <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe kind of. Uh, maybe you should also watch the movie. Yeah, ah, and also, I don't it's, know. It's, it's it's not about it's not about these. It's not about representing like whatever social shit that you think it matters or is relevant to this movie. It's about like it's a it's a it's a really well done like um, biographical drama. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you know, Will Smith's in it. I, I think Will Smith is in another movie that came out recently on Netflix. Um, it doesn't look as good, but this is one of Will Smith's best performances, in my opinion. Like, that, okay, that. no, and like, I absolutely need to check yeah. it out. Like, I've 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 only heard good things, and like, I remember I heard that like, as, after I watched Tick Tick Boom, I I like checked Twitter, and it was like, because I think Tick Tick Boom and King Richard were released on the same day. Uh, in fact, okay. like, and so whenever that happened, everyone was like, we've got two. We've got two leading contenders for the best actor Oscar yeah. on the same day here yeah. with Will Smith and Andrew Garfield. Um, which, and like, it's been a while since we got like a genuinely great Will Smith performance. So like, I, I'm really excited to watch it at some yeah, point. You should. Um, they, I think they took it off of HBO, didn't they? They did, but it'll be back yeah. soon. Uh, that's kind of the cycle of their yeah. things. It's like a few months. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we had, of course, the Eternals. The Eternals, yes, of course. I absolutely about. loved it. Back on back on Disney Plus here in a couple days. Very excited. Uh, is it for that. already on there? I think I saw it on there. Uh yeah, but it says uh, releasing January twelfth. They've oh. already got like the whole. They've already got the whole slide thing up there. Uh, trying to get people, but excited. it's not coming out for a couple days. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I I really fucking love that movie. And uh, if you want some more thoughts on that, we got our twenty twenty one comic book movies and show podcast uh, from a couple weeks back. Oh, yeah. Um, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Let's not forget that one either. That movie. Take let's play. not. Let's not. The half movie I watched was Red Notice. Okay. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot. Was that, did that have anything to do with the Burn Notice? Is that the name of that show or something? Uh, I, I, it might have. I don't know. I watched half of it and I was like, <laughs> "This is exactly what you thought it might yeah. be." Yeah. Um, it's Netflix. Making a money grab. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, uh, with some huge actors. I mean, I w- uh, I was watching the proposal recently, and I was realizing that's that's Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Sandra Bullock. Ryan Reynolds isn't usually in the best. Doesn't pick the best scripts. <laughs> he does not pick the greatest script. Notoriously, in fact, <laughs> Green Lantern, X Men Origins, Wolverine. Um, <laughs> like he's been in a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. He's been in a lot of bad stuff, and it, I don't know, he doesn't, somehow Ryan Reynolds is a great actor, but it's, I struggle to really think of any performances where I'm like, fuck, Ryan Reynolds is awesome. I mean, what? there's one movie that we watched. Ryan Reynolds is in the same lane for me as Jason Bateman. They play mm. the same guy They were in that movie together. Everything. What's that movie? Oh, The Changer. Yeah, yeah. We covered that on this very we podcast, did. like a hundred episodes yeah. ago. Um. <laughs> That's exactly it. That that movie epitomizes both of their careers, in my opinion. Although it really does. Holy shit! I didn't even think. I of will that. say Ozark gives Jason Bateman a leg up for me because Ozark is seriously a good show and performance. Well, yeah, it, it is, and Jason Bateman does really, really good in it. But he's he's still kind of playing that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah, he gets mad just just in different circumstances. He gets mad, and you're like, oh shit, somebody pissed them off. <laughs> you're like this feels weird. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, yeah that that was that was all for me in terms of November movies, yeah. and it, it with Tick Tick Boom, The Harder They Fall, Encanto, and Inter- and Eternals, it quite easily made this my favorite month movie wise. Uh-huh. Um. And I'm assuming whenever I get around to King Richard, that's just going to keep adding yeah. on to it. So, um, also, A Man Named Scott came out. Um, the Kid Cudi. Oh, Kid Cudi. I haven't, doc, I haven't right? watched it yet. Uh, I haven't Timothee either. Chalamet and Shia LaBeouf. Timothee Chalamet. Um, yeah, I haven't watched it, but I'm gonna. I definitely am going to get around to that at some point. I want to say it's on Prime Video. Mm, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Timothee Chalamet. He's had quite the he years. Has, he has. Um, so, uh, nearing the... I think with that music, right? Oh, we haven't done music yet. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, what'd you have? So, I got a couple big pop ones. We got Red, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift, okay. uh, which I did listen to. Uh, I like, I like the whole, I like the whole thing Taylor Swift's doing right now and re- and re-releasing her music because it's all owned by a complete piece of shit. So she's just going ahead and remaking it and putting it out under her own label. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fucking genius. Uh, and she's doing really, really good and she's just revamping all her old songs and they're going to keep going number one and she's going to keep making tons of money. So it's just like, it was just a really good business decision. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and I, I, I really fuck with it. And then uh, 30 by Adele. Okay. Uh, all about her, her divorce and stuff, and it's 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 Adele. It's absolutely devastating, and it's absolutely good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and then... Uh, yeah, all I had from November was uh, Silk Sonic. Have you, have you gotten... Right. Yeah. No, I did listen to that. I did listen to that, but I didn't take it down. Um, I thought it was... I fucked with Silk Sonic. I fucked with Silk Sonic a lot. Like, I, I didn't want it to be... I was hoping it wasn't... Um... Oh, God. I, I was trying to mute before I sneezed, but I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get to it quick enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, Silk, the Silk Sonic, like, I'm like, Anderson Pock. To uh, unbeknownst to everyone, in like what was that 2016 XXL freshman? Mm. I want to say maybe earlier. Yeah, something like um, that. Unbeknownst to everyone, despite him performing the worst out of everyone on the XXL cover, far and away the best. Far artist. and away the best artist. Like and like doing shit like this with someone like uh, um, uh, Bruno Mars. That shit is like a match literally made in heaven. Oh, it's fantastic! It's silk. It's it silk. is silk. It's silk Sonic. Like, oh, yeah, no, that shit is fire. That shit is fucking fire. Um, but yeah, that was it for me in terms of music. Uh, there was also an ABBA release, and uh, an artist I recently came across, Curtis Harding, released uh, "If Words Were Flowers," which I look forward to checking out, but I haven't yet. Okay. Um, and we've got 20 minutes before I run out of recording time for the month. Um, oh, so, shit. so yeah, we're going to have to, I mean, we'll burn through December and it'll be yeah. fine. Um, so movies in December, this is my second favorite month. Uh, no way home, obviously fucking legendary whole episode about no way yeah. home. I mean, getting to see Andy and Toby back. This is what made, this is what solidified, you know, Andrew Garfield for me is 2021's best actor with uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Spider-Man No Way Home in a four-month stretch. That's fucking insane. That is actually insane. Um, especially yeah, right now. Like, that... like, it's like especially during COVID. He's had to have gotten COVID one or two times. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, but no, yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, don't look up. I only have two other movies. Okay. Both of them Netflix. Um, don't look up. Which was fucking great, yeah. um, and the power of the dog, with Benedict Cumberbatch huh. and uh, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten oh, Dunst. Yeah, um, that that one that's that's three, and the fact that Tick Tick Boom, uh, the harder they fall, and the power of the dog were my top three favorite movies this year, and they're all Netflix originals is in. It, that is insane, actually. And you know what else is top five? Don't look Don't up. Don't look up. Don't look up. Was phenomenal. Like, Netflix had a fucking year for me, yeah. bro. Like I loved the movies they were putting. Yeah, out. no, they. And I think that it's because they have sort of become aware of. Um, I guess some of the the like I don't know they they become aware of themselves uh, to the level where they are always making things that. Um, are, are trying to monopolize on some part of like culture. And it, 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 what they do is they like are very precise about letting the creatives create 
now. Uh, there's no Netflix for sure. movie formula per se. Like, um, and that's a crucial part of having people return to your movies. It's part of why people don't return to their shows when they come out, as we discussed earlier. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. These these two movies, The Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up, like the fact that we got Tick Tick Boom directed by Lin Manuel Miranda with songs written by Jonathan Larson, by the way. Those songs are not by Lin Manuel Miranda. They are originally written by oh, the guy who it's about. Yeah. Which is which is one thing that makes it far better because if those songs were by Lin Manuel Miranda, I would have been absolutely pissed. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion, completely different movie than Tick Tick Boom, oh, yeah. starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and it's just like a really really focused character study with like it's really subtle, really low key, and just like man this is fucking good like it it just blew me away and then don't look up adam mckay another completely different movie than the two before it so like they there's just no sense of exactly what they're like they're just doing their thing Mm -hmm. they're letting creatives create and i fucking love exactly exactly not it's it's a key move it's a key move on their on their part they know what they're doing um I didn't watch this. I don't think you did either, but American underdog, the Kurt Warner movie, I think. Uh, yeah, that came out. Um, yeah, it did. Uh, did you mention all the ones that you were going to mention from December? Uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, uh, there are a few more, but I didn't, uh, I didn't watch the matrix resurrections. I need to get, Oh, you still haven't it. seen it. I thought you did. I haven't. I, thought you, I saw you nope. tweet about it or something. Um, uh, that might've been someone else. I, I've been, I'd, I'd watched, uh, I, I'd, I made my way back through Matrix and Matrix Reloaded. I need to watch Revolutions and Resurrections. Okay, I've seen Resurrections twice, and on the first watch, insanely satisfying for me as someone who uh, really like likes the Matrix movies. And a lot of people like like the first Matrix, and they're just kind of like ah, the rest like don't matter. But I mean, I I don't I understand where the the rest of them have their flaws, but I I like them still. Like I, I think they're hey, movie, they're good movies. Yeah, like I I'm. I only knew the Matrix movie. Well, uh-huh. I'd, I'd watched Revolutions and I'd watched Reloaded, but it'd been a yeah. while. And when I watched Reloaded, like a couple weeks back, I was like, this might be the most underrated sequel movie I've ever seen in my yeah. life. This shit is incredible. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't understand the, and like, it, it takes a step down story wise from the Matrix, but like, in terms of like spectacle and like what I'm looking at and how entertaining uh-huh. it is, it's every bit as good as the first every, one. Every like, bit. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But um, I have to say on the second watch of Matrix Resurrections, not nearly as good. It just, no, no it, shit. It, it is, it is playing on the fact that it is a movie coming out years and years after um, the, the last Matrix movie. And it's reutilizing Keanu Reeves. It's reutilizing, um, always forget her name the actress of trinity um oh carrie ann Carrie moss, moss yeah it, it, and they shine in it in a lot of ways but it's it's not going to be a story it's it's just it's simultaneously a story that you expect from the matrix and want from the matrix and it satisfies you in that way but at the same time it deviates from the uh formula of the matrix and to be straight up honest by uh by a point of it it becomes a zombie thriller movie it's just it's kind of wild uh but it it has its moments, and in those moments, it's every bit worth watching. Um, it's still, I still look fondly on it, but second watch just wasn't as impactful. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, I think that kind of concludes it for me, and I'm not even going to cap with you. I don't have a single music or TV thing that I, I didn't listen to a new thing or watch a new thing. Yeah, I didn't watch a new, uh, like, TV show. I don't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't listen to anything either. Um, this last month, a uh, little pump drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Russ, Russ dropped. Uh, <laughs> I think Nas dropped, and I think Khalid dropped. Juice but... World posthumous album. Oh, there is a Rick Ross album that I heard Charlemagne talking about, and uh, it, he says he was saying, at this point, why is Rick Ross not the like? Why are we not considering Rick Ross as good as someone like Drake? Because honestly, he's probably more consistent. Yes, he is. Rick Ross. Rick Ross is a better rapper than Drake, and I'm not afraid to say. Yeah. It. Yeah. No, I'm not afraid. Like that's a hundred percent for me. Mm-hmm. Highest charting song of the year, "Rap Star" by Polo G. God damn. Yeah. We maybe we are out of the loop. We are. I, <laughs> I, was I, like, I was like, wait. I would have bet anything. It was Montero by Lil Nas X, but that was that was right. like sixth or seventh. God damn, Polo G like dominated Polo this G, year. The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber and Cardi B are the top three, and then you have Drake and Future with Way Too Sexy, um, and you have the Drake with What's Next, then Lil Nas X, then J Cole, then Drake and Lil yeah. Lil no, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I know we out the loop because top two was Polo G and the Kid Leroy, and the third was Cardi B up. <laughs> <laughs> I just Justin Bieber I, up there too. Like I, I nothing against Cardi B. It still doesn't make sense to me. I don't get why people. Love it. I I don't like. It. She's just a Nicki Minaj ripoff. I don't get it. Like I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. But that was that was quite a long one. We 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 knew that, and it did end up being. Like, Oh, I I knew that after we, after it took us an hour and a half to talk the first one. I was talking to Emily. She was like, "How long do you think the podcast will be when you do the part two? I was like, "Well." <laughs> when we talked the first one it was an hour and a half and I didn't have nearly the things I wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> compared to the second half yeah. Um, but yeah and it, it it's reflected here we, I mean we spent 30 minutes on the movies from July <laughs> um, so uh, it, it probably could it probably would have been more like towards that if, yeah, we, paced if we paced it the way it we did the rest better. of it uh, it happens it happens. <laughs> that's funny. It happens. No, you know, you got to get a feel yeah. for it. You get started, you get rolling, and that's yeah. that. Um, but hell yeah, man, that's 2021 in review. Pop culture stuff. So now we can completely focus here on 2022. Yes. Um, we don't even need to think about 2021 anymore. Forget everything I said at the beginning of the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This yep. was the Penny Bloom podcast. This was indeed. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Tavares Pennington. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. I love being here. I love being here. We're going to get together soon get some more episodes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find uh, over 21 hours of exclusive content at this point with a couple new releases with uh, me and Tavares having just discussed uh, current events, basically, kind of, for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then uh, we got an episode with uh, me, Miles, Joe, and... uh, Tillman, uh, where we talk about Winnie the Pooh becoming public domain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to follow that one. For, I was literally thinking, I was like, what, 
what does that mean? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh became public domain, and we discussed it on Patreon for a little bit. It's it, there's a lot more in that episode, but that's that's definitely part okay. of it. Um, but yeah, uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, fan of the Book of Boba Fett, we're covering that weekly on the Sarlacc Soundwave. Uh, we got the first two episodes out right now. Looking forward to later this week. Uh, if you're a fan of movies, uh, we're doing a 52-year journey, uh, 52 year journey through film, uh, where on January 1st, we covered a movie from 1970, and every Friday after that, we're covering a movie from every subsequent year, 71, 2, all the way through the 70s, 80s, 90s, thousands, into the last week of December, where we will cover a movie from 2022. Uh, January 1st, we covered 1970s MASH. Uh, last Friday, we covered 1971's A Clockwork Orange. And this Friday is 1972's The Godfather. Um, so look forward to everyone hearing that. And, uh, oh, yeah. Great. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. Always. 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 I'm not even going to finish you know it, you know. <laughs>